Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Judges by looking at Judges chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim, and he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this that you have done? So now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. As soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept, and they called the name of that place Bochim, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years, and they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in Timnath-Herez, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gaesh. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel." And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served Baals and Ashtoreth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were in terrible distress. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he said, Because this people have transgressed my covenant that I have commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died. 
in order to test Israel by them, whether they take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did or not. So the Lord left those nations, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua. Now these are the nations that the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is, all in Israel who had not experienced all the wars in Canaan. It was only in order that the generations of the people of Israel might know war, to teach war to those who had not known it before. These are the nations, the five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites, and the Sidonians and the Hivites who lived on Mount Lebanon, from Mount Bel Hermon as far as Lebo Hamath. They were for the testing of Israel to know whether Israel would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And their daughters they took for themselves for wives, and their own daughters they gave to their sons and served their gods. In this chapter, we get quite an overview of what the book of Judges is going to be about. We see that while Joshua was alive, they did not complete the task of driving out their enemy. And as a result, an angel of the Lord came to them and explained to them the grief that would come. We're also told that because they had broken the covenant with God, that God was no longer honoring that covenant, and he was not providing them the protection that he promised to give them. As a result of this, they found themselves with the enemy living among them and the enemy influencing them, and even causing them to turn away from God. As we look at this story, it's easy to just see it as a piece of Israel's history, a link that brought Israel from their time in Egypt to the time of their kings, Saul and David and Solomon and others who would rule over them. But there's a good bit going on here in their development with their relationship with God, and I think we can learn from it. The first thing that is obvious in the story is that God expected them to completely drive out their enemy, to completely drive out the evil that was in the land of Canaan, because it would have a negative impact on his people, and he was wanting them to experience the best of the blessings that he had promised them. The angel of the Lord tells them of all the trouble that will come to them because they didn't completely drive out their enemies. Notice that what the angel of the Lord expresses are the effects of not doing what God wants. He's not describing punishment as much as he is describing the natural consequences of not obeying God. They were going to be influenced and affected by their enemies because they didn't drive them out. Now, yes, the story does go on, and we're told that God, in addition to that, was not honoring the covenant because they had broken it, and they would suffer defeat in war. But even in that, God is using it to train his people. So there were very real effects of not driving out their evil enemies. But Israel doesn't completely drive these enemies out, not because God was incapable of doing so, or that they weren't capable of doing it with God's help. It's because they didn't trust God's plan for doing it. 
We noticed in the first chapter that when the tribe of Judah ran into iron chariots, they didn't go any further. They went back to other places. There were certain things that God asked them to do that they weren't comfortable with, or they were afraid, or maybe they thought weren't necessary. And so they didn't trust God's plan enough to follow it out. We as Christians need to be willing to trust God and his plan to get rid of the sin in our lives. We're often very tempted to use the excuse of being only human or having some other type of limitation as an excuse to continue to engage in sin. But I think the story we're looking at in this episode shows us that God empowers us to drive out the enemies of our life, the things that are diminishing our life the way he intends us to live it, and he will drive those things out and keep us free of those things if we'll listen to his plan. See, if we are willing to trust God and allow him to drive those enemies out of our lives, it does a few things. The first thing we notice from this story is that it helps us to avoid evil influences. Israel didn't just associate with their enemies. They lived with their enemies. And that life with the enemy caused them to make bad choices, to be influenced in negative ways. We are told in the New Testament that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. If we go beyond just casual association with the world, if we actively assimilate with the enemy, that influences us to make choices that aren't consistent with God's will. And we're tempted to say that we can't help it, or we're only human, or we're weak. But the reality is, because we allow the enemies of God to have more influence in our life than God himself, we often lose battles with various temptations. We're also told that Israel was influenced by the Baals and the Ashtoreths. They were getting to worship gods in ways that pleased them. The worship of these gods was a very sensual experience, and they were driven by their own pleasure and desire in this worship, and and they worshiped the Baals and the Ashtoreths. The version I read said they hoard themselves out, and we should take that very literally because these pagan cults would often have temple prostitutes as part of their worship. This was a style of worship, a manner of worship that the Israelites seemed to enjoy. And they got to tap into their own feelings and desires rather than worship God the way he had asked them to. So all of those are evil influences that can affect us if we don't allow God to drive out our enemies. But when we do trust God that way, we also come to know God better. We come to know his work better. We're told in this chapter that there was a generation of people who didn't know God or his work. Part of that is maybe because a knowledge of God had not been passed down, but it also means that these people weren't having experiences with God. They weren't putting the things that God had called them to into practice so that they could build their own trust in God, so that they could develop their own faith. And in our time, there are many people who hear the stories of their parents and maybe even their preachers, and they accept what they're being told, and they have a mental agreement with that, but they have not had experience with living that life and 
building trust with God as he works in their lives. And so we rob ourselves of the opportunity to have our own faith, a genuine faith, where we know God and know his work and know how to stay aligned with it. And one other benefit of trusting God to drive out our enemies is that we live in peace. We're told in the story that Israel did not have peace in their lives because they didn't have peace with God. Because they were breaking God's covenant and God had removed his protection from them, they were constantly fighting battles with their enemies. We're told multiple times in this reading that Israel kindled God's anger. The Hebrew word there carries with it an idea of being grieved or suffering. They were causing God pain, much like a, a teenage child may often grieve a parent who is watching their child make bad choices and get themselves into trouble, but they're limited in what they can do because the child won't listen. Israel caused God to be grieved and suffered, and it affected their ability to live in peace with God. We're told later in this book that the Israelites of this time were doing what was right in their own eyes, and they were not acknowledging God as their sovereign. And because of this, Israel goes through 12 cycles that are recorded in this book of judges being raised up to help them in their oppression. But once they become content or complacent, they begin to sin again. That sin leads to oppression. That oppression causes them to repent, and they cry out to God, and God raises up another judge or a redeemer to come and help them out of their circumstance. But no sooner than God has helped them, they go back to their old ways and their stubborn hearts, and they give in to the society around them because even though they have turned back to God, they are still living among the enemy. So how do we keep ourselves from falling into that same pattern of behavior where we only cry out to God when things are bad, but we do things the way we want to when things are good? How do we break that cycle? Israel continued in a pattern that went unbroken because of the continued presence of their enemy. This cycle continues to be true in God's people in any age, whether it's as individuals or families or churches or businesses or even nations. If we want to break the cycle, we need to find where we are in that cycle. And hopefully with our study of the book of Judges, we can identify where we are as individuals, maybe as communities of believers. Where are we in our trust with God? And will we learn from the lessons of the Israelites to turn to God and to trust him wholly? The great thing about God here is he lets us know there's no such thing as failure. Just because we may have turned our back on God in the past and we may have fallen short of the things he's called us to do, God will use those things to make us stronger. Notice what he did when Israel didn't know how to fight wars and they were giving in to their oppressors. When God would raise up a judge, he would let them fight the battle and let them win the battle so that not only did they have new skills that they could rely on, they also knew that that came from God and they could trust him more. God will take all of the things that we tend to look at as failures, even in our life with him, and he will make something good out of them. 
we're told in Romans that God works all things together for good for those who love the Lord. God can even use our bad choices and our bad circumstances to accomplish his purposes. Knowing this, putting our trust in this, should allow us to turn to God, whether the times are good or bad, follow his direction all the time, because his purposes will be accomplished with or without us. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.